Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. It's a tale so old it's become a cliché, the left-wing liberal Hollywood glitterati. But even the normal levels of bat guano leftism from the hills above Los Angeles isn't enough for some people. So at least one liberal billionaire built his own movie studio to make Hollywood even more of a left-wing propaganda outlet. Joining me to tell the story of participant media, that billionaire, and the push to make Hollywood even more of a den of left-wing champagne socialist hypocrites is my colleague, Ken Braun. Uh, Ken, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Mike. Good to be here. Uh, So... Give me the backstory behind participant media. Who's who's behind it? What's the what's the idea there? Uh, so, who's behind it is a, as you noted, a a left wing left left leaning left wing billionaire named Jeffrey Skoll. He was the first CEO of eBay, um, and retired from that, and decided to use his his million billions to. Uh, Form a a movie production. Well, he did two things. He formed a movie production studio that was called Participant Media and is now just known as Participant, and a f- series of of foundations that he funded to fund left leaning um, uh, advocacy organizations, like for example the Sierra Club. And Participant Media, or Participant as we call it now, has produced some some films that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, Charlie Wilson's War, not not particularly ideological films mm. in some cases, like like Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks a few years back, um, telling a terrific tale about the uh, yeah, de- about an anti Soviet anti communist Democrat back when those were a thing, right? Exactly, and and also did Lincoln, uh, the the film about Abraham Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis, uh, but he is also it, it, but but he deliberately built this studio to dovetail. Certain, you know, of its agenda, um, left-wing agenda films, with his his funding of left-wing advocacy organizations like the Sierra Club, the Environmental Defense Fund, and so forth, to kind of pair those messages together to create little social impact campaigns to go with the films. And so, another film that you know, another classic example of the films that Participant has put out would be uh, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth was put out by Participant mm. Media and in fact uh, and had a social impact campaign that, that with big, the C- and that, that was you know for those who might not might not remember that was back in the mid 2000s sort of put former Vice President Al Gore on the map as an environmentalist spokesperson that was you know, we're all basically the global warming is not only happening, not only caused by us, but we're all going to die very soon. And it and it so it, it began with a slide deck that Al Gore was running around the world showing um, with some remarkable, stunning exaggerations of the problem that ended up in the film. And Jeffrey Skull saw this this wacky presentation from Al Gore that was exaggerating items and it made him he says it made him cry and he immediately greenlit the funding of the film and and just an example of the exaggerations that are in the film it shows say New York City and, and and a lot of Florida being subsumed underwater and the film says at one point that you know predicts 20 foot sea level rises within the near future well, what the science and what NASA currently shows is that sea levels are rising about the depth of a penny stacked atop a nickel per year. Okay, imagine that level of depth. It would take 18 centuries, 1,847 
years for sea so, levels to rise so, 20 feet under so, that circumstance. So, yeah, so that length of time is you have to go back, like, Christianity isn't legal in the Roman Empire. That's yes. how far how far along the the line of of time that would I'm gonna use air quotes here, fulfill uh Gore's prediction. Right. And presumably we could, you know, build seawalls, even if that was all we were doing to fight climate change and rising sea levels uh, at the rate of a nickel atop a penny per year for, you know, to send to two millennia almost right and and, um, and and you know again in two millennia god knows we might invent cold fusion right there are there are the 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 possibility right now denmark big big chunks of of, of or excuse me um no. the netherlands no. rather the netherlands big big pieces of the netherlands are is you know, several meters underwater or, or below I mean, sea level right now pro- there's an entire province of the netherlands that is literally on reclaimed landfill and did not exist 100 years ago right and and that's with the technology that we've had in the last century to adapt to living below you know in a, in a, at a different sea level like it, 1800 years of this it's just a ridiculous time frame and the film was was exaggerating uh, on that level and th- this is an example of the kind of films that participant puts out there are some others we can talk about but th- the interesting thing is just the level of support that he has for Al Gore um partic- or uh, excuse me Skull's foundations have given 65 at least 65 million dollars to Al Gore's climate reality project which not only promotes this sort of exaggerated sense of the problem but then promotes solutions not adaptation like I was just discussing or you know things like zero carbon nuclear f- energy which actually works and can, right, can they, power they, entire they, nations they, like the, France the gore the gore crowd it's all it's all wind and solar it's all wind and solar it's all, all wind and solar yeah no, and, and uh, no, the Sierra no, Club no is nuclear, another no hydro no nuclear no hydropower no other correct. forms of adaptation so so that's the you know that and then they'll 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 put inconvenient truth or or other films putting out similar left-wing messages they will pair them with a a promotional campaign to try they, and get they them being into partici- they being participants participant schools, schools and there. participant yes will then you know say promote inconvenient truth with propaganda from the Sierra Club when they get it into church groups or or you know schools or whatnot they'll they'll make a concerted effort to make sure this message gets out and then once they've gotten you upset by saying Florida's going to be underwater in six weeks. Now you want to go to the Sierra Club and find out what you can do about it, and the Sierra Club will tell you wind and solar, and you know yeah. don't don't do these wind, nuclear wind, wind know. solar and give us money. Exactly, because they have you know if they were promoting something that actually worked, they might go out of business, and, and you know, heaven forbid that that might happen. Then, so so there's there's speaking, there's, of, speaking, of, speaking of going out of business, you you noted that uh, in one of your you know the, uh, you wrote this. Uh, four-part piece for uh, for the Capital Research website on uh, participants and on schools uh, advocacy. Uh, and you noted that there was at least one faction the environmentalists really shouldn't like that's benefiting from some of Skull's propaganda. The, the, an, an overseas, an overseas interest. Oh yes. Yes. So another example, and, and not all of their, 
their prop, their left wing advocacy films, I'll call them. Uh, not all of them are documentaries. Uh, there's another one that came out a couple of years ago called Promised Land, starred Matt Damon and John Krasinski. You know, a list actors. Uh, Promised Land was to loosely summarize a giant it portrayed a giant conspiracy by a gas company to to hoodwink this town with fracking that was going to harm them and it, it, long story short promised land was a dramatic portrayal of why fracking and the natural gas boom that has transformed the american economy is actually a bad thing and we should hate it and the movie portrays this crazy conspiracy that this gas company is after. Well, in fact, there is a real conspiracy in the film, and you have to wait till the end, because when you get to the end, it tells you who paid for the film. And it turns out that one of the co-funders of the film, along with participant, was the government of the United Arab Emirates, which my, is... My understanding is that the government of the United Arab Emirates makes a substantial amount of its revenue from petroleum exports. Exactly. So they have every interest in not stopping natural gas production, just stopping American natural gas production, which dovetails perfectly with what participant wants to do. So they're more than willing to take that money, even though, you know, they're... By, I mean, they're, by, their, by their own stand, by the own standards of the environmentalists, the, you know, money from the oil producing shakedoms in the Middle East, would that not be tainted? Right. I, I guess they figure they'll they'll get to that problem after they've wiped out the American energy industry uh, as best they can. I, I can't think of any other agenda. They, ha they, they can't be so stupid as not to know that the UAE is a major <laughs> petroleum and gas producer. So this is just deliberate hypocrisy and and, you know, a, a kind of along the lines of a, you know, a, a, like I said, the movie is portraying a fake conspiracy. This is a real one. And so, you know, we've got, you know, we've got participant, we've got them engaging in the sort of left-wing advocacy propaganda. And I guess one of my, you know, kind of my, my question after reading is sort of how is this fit into the sort of broader uh, question of, of Hollywood and cultural leftism? I mean, is it worse now or is it more influential now than it was when Jane Fonda was sitting on a flat gun in uh, communist Vietnam or Norman Lear's money was inventing working? <laughs> yeah. So I, I would, I would phrase it this way. Jane Fonda was a single, you know, an actress. She, she had some influence as an actress, obviously, but she wasn't running a studio uh, as Jeffrey Skoll is. And, and the same with Norman Lear was a producer of, of some, you know, fairly prominent and well-regarded uh, television shows in the seventies, but what wasn't, wasn't one of the complete total top of the line captains of the industry. Um, you know, to, to get that. And I don't really think that's ever been the case where the captains of the film industry were consciously trying to be Openly. ideological propagandists. Even, They've like always, a, even like a Jeffrey Katzenberg or whoever's yeah. in charge of Disney. Now they're, they may be liberals, they may be big donors to the Democratic Party, they may have all these liberal interests, but they're still ultimately in the storytelling business. And in the, in the, in the becoming a billionaire business, presumably. Right, right. Yeah. And, and which, which does, you know, rein in their, their excesses to some degree, and, and, and they're not going in, you know, in every, as participant is, creating deliberate propaganda campaigns with left, 
hard left, I would say, or just at least extreme left environmentalists like the Sierra Club. Um, so that that's on one level. I mean, the closest I think we could come. So Jack Warner back in back in the thirties, Jack Warner, uh, obviously Warner Brothers, one of the one of the top studio producers of his day. Jack Warner once belonged to an organization called the Hollywood Anti-Nazi League. It was, you know, created to oppose the rise of the rise of Nazism in Germany, included you know, Henry Fonda, Lucille Ball, Spencer Tracy, number of really high level names of the era, including, like I said, Jack Warner, one of the captains of, of, of Hollywood, one of the early, you know, captains of the Hollywood film industry. Hollywood Nazi Anti-Nazi League was actually unbeknownst to many or maybe even all of the names that I just mentioned, was a propaganda arm of the Communist Party USA. Un- Which was itself a front for the Communist Party of the a Soviet puppet of, A puppet of the Soviet Union. And it was such a ridiculous operation that when the Soviet Union signed a non-aggression pact with Nazi Germany, the Hollywood Anti-Nazi League looked around and took the other side of the equation and now the Nazis weren't so bad. It was really American capitalism that we, you know, the imperialists that we need to watch out for instead. And then when Hitler invaded the Soviet Union, they flipped back again and switched sides yet again. A complete propaganda puppet of the Soviet Union. And like I said, Jack Warner at one point in the early days when, when they were still yeah, consistently when they, when they were, anti-Nazi. <laughs> Was a member of that organization and was a, a useful idiot for uh, you know in the in using the the, the phrase yeah, of the day the, the Soviet phrase of the Soviet Union, um, but he wasn't a conscious consciously trying to be duped like that. Jeffrey yeah, he, he, Skoll knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he's not. It, it's not the threat. The, the The agenda he has is certainly. I, I don't want to overplay it. It's not nearly the the threat that the Soviet Union, port, you know, was, was putting forth in the Cold War. But he's 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 definitely knows what he's doing, and he's applying. So back in. Lenin once said that the cinema was the most important. It was early when when he took over the Soviet Union, the film industry was in its infancy. He said that even then Lenin knew the cinema is the most important of the arts to us. After him, Stalin said, if I could control the American film industry, I could convert the world to communism. These guys had an actual business model, which they used to create things like the Hollywood Anti-Nazi League. Jeffrey Skoll has pretty much adopted that business model. And like I said, just, just, not, for, just for sort of a, a strong to radical version of American environmentalism instead of instead Soviet, of, yes. <laughs> Soviet domination of, of, of the uh, of, of Europe. Yeah. So it's 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 it, like I said, don't want to overplay it. They're not. The, right, yeah. It's not the <laughs> not, Soviet it's, Union. It's, it's, he's not, it's, not the, it's not the same thing, but it's a similar tactic for right. a different purpose. So yes, I would say what's going on today is different from what was happening before, but in some level it's worse because the conscious effort to to make this business model work has never been so successful before as what what Skoll is putting forth and um yeah, and usually, so usually he like, might actually usually win like classic like I, I think back to the middle of the I guess it's now two decades ago. Uh, you know, during the sort of George W. Bush administration, you know, every, you know, especially in that sort of 2004 to 2007 period, you had these like hard anti-war message movies like In the Valley of Elah and, mm-hmm. 
and they always, you know, big fanfare and nobody saw them. You know, right. these hard sort of message movies, again, you'd have a couple, you know, there were, there were exceptions. Some of the, you know, Michael, Michael Moore documentaries, people went and saw, um, you know, you, you had some message, you know, sometimes a message movie does take off, Inconvenient Truth being one of them, but the vast majority of these message movies did, did poor, were poor as commercial propositions. And mm-hmm. are you suggesting that has changed? I would say that the the weaponizing of the left wing advocacy groups like the Sierra Club by participant for their propag their their mess their advocacy films is what has changed. So you, you put out a an anti war film during you know the, the early twenty years ago, um, that anti war film, like you said, gets shot into a void. The the people who made it did it for the purposes of that. That was just what jazzed them up. It wasn't a, you know, they, they didn't have a conscious, okay, well, what we really need to do is, is put, you know, amp this up with a whole bunch of, inf- you know, advocacy infrastructure to make sure people yeah, see it's, this it's film. Like, We're going to throw it not, out it, there. And- it's not like they coordinated with code pink to get, you know, donations to code pink to hold a bunch of rallies to end the, end the war. Right. I mean, I'm not a fan, but Michael Moore's films, you know, have been to varying degrees commercially successful um, without this kind of advocacy to go on top of it. He's kind of the exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. Um, But but Jeffrey Skoll is out there to to create a presumably profitable company that has this agenda arm and i mean i i, I don't I haven't looked at their and books they, and, but i got to imagine they didn't do charlie wilson's war for any deliberate advocacy thing oh yeah no that was that was That's one, to pay one, the bills. one must presume that that is to keep the lights on to pay the bills absolutely so i i, so I, I think um that's what makes this different. Those social impact campaigns, that, that conscious effort to make sure that, you know, we're not just going to trust the market to, to get our, to get our right. lefty message out just, there. And it's not just, we're going to, we're going to show you a movie. You're going to get all, you know, you're going to get all activated. And then mm-hmm. six months from now you'll vote or you'll write, you know, you'll tweet that, wow, this environmentalist thing is important. It's, you're actually going to be directed towards, an organized interest group with a broader agenda than just what was in the film to become an activist for them. Yeah. It, it's to leverage it. Like I said, it looks very much like a conscious effort to replicate that business model from a hundred years ago of taking over the, you know, of, of creating a film industry, a popular film industry, um, in order to change the culture, you know, Stalin wasn't trying to, he wasn't saying, well, we just need to make a bunch of boring lefty films and and that'll, you know, success will happen. They were consciously thinking we need to take over this booming industry. That is that people are really paying attention. We want that part of it. Not Mm -hmm. the, you know, not, not 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 some messaging thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not the documentary categories, but the whole, the whole nine yards. Well, 
thank you again for joining us, Ken. Uh, we will link to your, uh, your four-part piece in our show notes. That's our show for this week. We encourage listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if they have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.